You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Psalms. God is never late, but God is never early either. His timing is always perfect. And I think we would do well when in those times of being overwhelmed to just remember all the things that God has done, all the miracles, those times when when God at the 11th hour just pulled through and provided in a way that you could have never even imagined. Today, Pastor J.D. will remind you that when you're overwhelmed with the cares of this world, you need to remember how God provided for you in the past and be encouraged to know that God will take care of you now. Remember that sometimes God provides for you in unexpected ways. Be patient. God's timing is always perfect. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in Psalms chapter 142 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. This is one of those Psalms of David that is a much needed reminder of the assurance that God cares even when it seems like nobody else does. You know, sometimes the situation in our lives can be so dire and so perilous and so perplexing that the only person you can talk to about it is the Lord. There have been times in my life where I've thought, you know, maybe I should call, you know, my pastor, a brother in Christ, maybe I should call and just kind of, you know, tell him about what's going on. And I thought to myself, it's going to take me literally hours to just even explain to them what I'm in the midst of. And that's even if I get through to them. And that presupposes they have three hours to give me, to just listen and and hear what I'm going through, and then to pray with me, and then to encourage me, and then it also presupposes that they're even going to know what to say. You know, it's bad when somebody says, man, ho, I don't know what to say. I, I hope I never go through that. Wow, thanks a lot. And then I realize I don't even have to do that. I can go right to the Lord. I can skip all of that. I, I can save myself three hours of explaining it, because God already knows. I don't have to explain it to Him. Lord, you know, and then on Tuesday, I just, I could just picture the Lord saying, I already know I was there. Remember now, I'm all present. I'm all knowing. I, in fact, I knew it was going to happen before it happened. And also I know how it's going to end too. So I, I can cut through all of that. I can just go to Him and, and cast all my cares upon Him, as the Apostle Peter writes, because He cares for me. Oh Lord, You know. 
Lord, you know what I'm dealing with here. You know how scary this is. You know how terrifying this is. I mean, I don't know how this is going to end, when this is going to, if this is going to end, but you do. You know that um, verse that says, perfect love casts out fear. You know, for the longest time I could never really get my mind around, what, what, what does that really mean? What does that really look like? Perfect love casts out fear. Okay. First of all, who is love? God. His love is perfect. God is perfect. God is perfect love. So perfect love, God, casts out fear. Here's what it means. You will no longer be gripped by fear when you realize just how much God loves you and will never allow anything to happen to you because of His perfect love for you. You have nothing to fear. I think about how much I love my children and how as finite as I am in my power, but in as much as I'm able, I will do everything and stop at nothing to protect them from harm and danger. How much more my perfect, loving, heavenly Father will with me. Perfect love, that love casts out all fear. I have nothing to fear because I am loved with a perfect love from the God who is love. That's what David's saying here. Nobody loves me like you do, God. Nobody cares for me like you care for me, God. Psalm 143. It gets worse, by the way. Just want to let you know, for those of you who read ahead, I mean, I love David so much. I mean, this was a man like the Savior who would come from his lineage, who we're told was acquainted with sorrow. He knew sorrow. He knew pain. He knew suffering. He knew hardship. He knew difficulty. But interestingly, it was that that made him to know his God in ways that he could have never otherwise known his God, had it not been for all that he went through. So listen to what he says here. Again, a Psalm of David. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Give ear to my supplications. In your faithfulness answer me, and in your righteousness. And he says this verse too, and this is interesting. Do not enter into judgment with your servant, for in your sight no one living is righteous. You know what he's saying here? It's kind of, it's kind of reminiscent of what the Apostle Paul says in Romans, that there is none righteous, not one. What David is saying here is, Lord, I am so low right now that I cannot handle you chastising me as I deserve. And he's pleading with God on the basis of 
God's righteousness, not His righteousness, because He's not righteous. If His appeal to God is based on His righteousness, shoot Him now. There's no hope. Lord, hear me, answer me, give ear to me on the basis of your righteousness, because I am not righteous. Now he's going to tell us why in more detail. Verse 3, for the enemy has persecuted my soul. He has crushed my life to the ground. Have you ever been just, I mean, so crushed, so down, so low. I mean, you cannot go any lower. That's where David is. He says, He has made me dwell in darkness like those who have long been dead. This has been referred to as, one called it, the dark night of the soul. The anguish of the soul. I mean, you are just so low, so crushed. It's such a dark time. It's such a hard time. And then he says in verse 4, therefore my spirit is overwhelmed within me. My heart within me is distressed. He's under a lot of pressure very stressed. He is overwhelmed. You know, this word overwhelmed, sadly, is a word that I think we, we read. We've all had those times of being overwhelmed. But let me see if I can maybe shed some more light on the intensity of this word. It's being so overwhelmed where you just realize I have no resources to throw against the circumstances that have come against me. It's overcome me. It's overwhelmed me. It's crushed me. It has brought me down low to the ground, and I cannot go any lower. Now verse 5, is the answer to those times when we find ourselves crushed, overwhelmed, distressed. One of the best things we can do is what David does in verse 5. He says, I remember the days of old. I meditate on all your works. I muse on the work of your hands. I spread out my hands to you. My soul longs for you like a thirsty land. Selah. Pause, refrain, consider. In other words, it's really bad right now. I'm really struggling right now. It's really hard right now. I don't know how I'm going to get through this. I don't know if I'm going to get through this. And I don't know what to do. I feel so helpless. I'm so overwhelmed. So I know what I'll do. I'm going to go 
back and reminisce about those times in my life when I was really struggling and God pulled through. And the reason why that's the best thing you and I can do when overwhelmed and crushed is because if God, who is the same God yesterday, today, and forever, delivered me that time, so too will He also deliver me this time, and the next time, and the next time. In other words, it's reflecting, remembering, hey, I've, I've been, you know, we, we forget. You know, the trial passes, the victory comes, God brings the answer, and off we go, and it's not long before we forgot just how close of a call that was. Well, that was close. There's something about God waiting until the 11th hour. Not just the 11th hour, but I mean the second hand is, I mean, it's, it's like you're, you're going down and it's like, okay, this is how it ends. And then God just swoops down and you're like, God, why did you have to wait so long? Why couldn't you? God is never late, but God is never early either. His timing is always perfect. And I think we would do well when in those times of being overwhelmed to just remember all the things that God has done, all the miracles, those times when, when God at the eleventh hour just pulled through and provided in a way that you could have never even imagined. Here you're waiting for Him to come in through the door, and, and God's like, I want to come in through a window. And He comes in this unexpected way and does that which only He can. And so the conclusion is, if He did it then, He's going to do it now too. I heard somebody say this one time. I thought it was really interesting. Today is the tomorrow that you worried about yesterday. Today is the tomorrow that you worried about yesterday puts it into perspective. Because I remember yesterday, like it was yesterday, because it was yesterday. I was so worried about, what am I going to do about? What am I going to do when? What am I going to do if? You can fill in the blanks. And then now, <laughs> it's, it's today and it didn't come to pass. Isn't it interesting that those things that we fret about don't ever happen? I mean, we have these creative imaginations. I think about what the Apostle Paul says about strongholds, you know, those things in our lives that, that have this stronghold on us. I know that's a deeply profound definition. The word stronghold means something that has a stronghold. Strong, stronghold has a stronghold on your life. It paralyzes you. It can be anything. It can be fear. It can be lust. It can be greed. It can be any number of things that just has this strong hold on you. And Paul says that our weaponry is not of this world. It's not carnal. It's spiritual. And 
the weaponry that we've been given in the spiritual realm to take down and demolish and destroy these strongholds also are so powerful that they can destroy the imaginations. You know what I'm talking about. Those scenarios that we imagine. I mean, we, we have an imagination. And when a stronghold gets in your life, and the enemy has this stronghold on you, he starts putting these thoughts in your mind. He can't read your mind, but he can put thoughts in your mind. And he'll start manufacturing this ominous scenario. And when he gets done with you, you're like, oh my goodness, it's over. It's game over. This is really bad. And you start imagining that this is what's going to happen. See, because it has exalted itself above Christ, which is why we have to take every thought that comes into our mind, and we need to capture it and make sure, before we let it in, that it's obedient to the Word of God, the words of Christ. If it's not, out you go. Can't come in here. It's been said you can let a bird land on your head, but you can't, don't let them build a nest there. We're not going to make it to Psalm 144. So verse 7, here he says again, Answer me speedily, O Lord. My spirit fails. Do not hide your face from me, lest I be like those who go down into the pit. Cause me to hear your loving kindness in the morning, for in you do I trust. Cause me to know the way in which I should walk, for I lift up my soul to you. Deliver me, O Lord, from my enemies. In you I take shelter. Teach me, verse 10, to do your will, for you are my God. Your spirit is good. Lead me in the land of uprightness. Revive me, O Lord, for your name's sake, for your righteousness' sake, not mine. (laughs) Bring my soul out of trouble. He will do it. He will do it. I know this isn't proper sentence structure, it's a double negative, but he can't not. He can't not do it. That's not who God is. That's not how God is. He will deliver us out of all of our troubles. He will deliver us out of all of our fears. And then in verse 12 he says, In your mercy cut off my enemies and destroy all those who afflict my soul, for I am your servant. Clearly, David has hit rock bottom. And in so doing, he is pleading with the Lord to not delay in helping him. You might say that David has nowhere to go but up. I mean, he is at rock bottom. This is one of those places in God's Word where it seems that God deemed it necessary to not be specific as to what it was that David was going through. Of course, speculation abounds. Many of the commentators suggest that this might be when Absalom had 
got this coup against him. His own son wanted to kill him and take the throne. Like God's going to let that happen. Some suggest otherwise. I, I believe that it is because God wants us. It, he doesn't want to be specific because if he's specific, then we have this tendency to be dismissive of it because it doesn't apply to us. So in other words, he'll leave it generic so that we can fill in the blanks with our own trial. One of the best examples of this is the much talked about, and again, speculation abounds concerning what was that thorn in Paul's flesh. We're not told. There's a reason why we're not told. Because if we were told what it was specifically, then we're going to say, well, I don't struggle with that. And then we're dismissive of the whole point of why it is that God in His grace, which is sufficient, would not answer Paul's plea to remove that thorn. He says to Paul, I will not remove that thorn because I love you too much, because it's that thorn that keeps you humbly dependent upon me, because if I were to remove that thorn, you would become puffed up full of pride, and pride always leads to the fall. And I'm trying to protect you from that fall because I love you too much. And the only way that I can protect you from that fall that comes from pride is by leaving that thorn in your life. The most unloving thing I could do would be to remove that thorn. I know it's painful. And by the way, thorn, don't get this idea of like a, you know, my wife has these uh, bougainvilleas. And every once in a while, I think when she's upset with me, she makes me go out and trim them. Now for those of you who know about bougainvilleas, they're not of God. (laughs) Though they're beautiful, right? Beautiful flowers. But she'll go out and say, you know, trim, will you please? So I go out there and I, and I don't think that they have invented gloves yet that are able to protect the hands from the thorns on the branches of a bougainvillea. It's worse than that. The thorn that Paul is talking about is more like a tent stake. A tent stake. He has this tent stake that is causing him constant consternation and pain. And God says, I have to leave that tent stake in your life. It's for your own good. Because if I removed it, you would no longer be humbly dependent upon me. There's a lot to learn from the book of Psalms, and we're so glad you've joined us to sift through it all with Pastor J.D. Farag on In Spirit and Truth. The range of emotions expressed in the pages we've been studying give us an accurate and beautiful picture of our Heavenly Father, the almighty and loving Creator of the world. Before we end our time with you today, we'd like to share how you can access more of these messages right now. Simply visit InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and click on Listen to search through our archive of Pastor J.D.'s teachings. 
You can even take these messages with you on the go with our mobile app. Find a link to our app on our website or search for In Spirit and Truth in your app store. This will provide you with hours of insight into the Bible, helpful links, and access to the latest editions of Pastor J.D.'s Mideast Prophecy Update. In these updates, Pastor J.D. takes a critical look at the news and events happening around the globe and compares them to the prophecies of the Bible, sharing God's views on what's taking place. These messages are new each weekend and will help you put world events into an eternal perspective. These Mideast Prophecy Updates are also available to watch on our YouTube channel, which you can access through our website. Again, that address is inspiritandtruthradio.com. Thanks for taking the time to listen to God's Word today. We pray it's blessed and encouraged you greatly. Pastor J.D. will continue studying through the book of Psalms when you join us next time, right here on In Spirit and Truth.